Good morning, everyone. And a very warm welcome to worship with Praise St George's on Sunday the 30th of May. This is Trinity Sunday, and what a beautiful morning it is out there. I took the opportunity to stand outside for five minutes and enjoy the sunshine without a mask. As you all know, we had the opportunity to donate to Christian Aid recently. I'd like to tell you that the sum we that was donated via the envelopes here was £736. So that is a really good result and a big thank you to all who gave so generously. Now, it's our intention to hold a collection for Women's Aid on Communion Sunday, the 13th of June. And so on that Sunday, we'll be looking for donations of snacks and drinks, crisps, etc. that could be used for trips and play schemes over the summer. The blue buckets for donations will be available both in Cossyside and at the Outreach Centre. And gifts of money would be very acceptable too. The Kirk session is called to meet via Zoom on Wednesday the 9th of June at 7.30pm. The invitations for communion are available for elders at both Cossyside and the Outreach Centre. I know that the ones here in Cossyside are sitting in the session house well spaced out for elders to collect. And finally, it is with sadness that I intimate the death of one of our members, Mary Leach. Mary died on Saturday the 15th of May, and I would ask that you please keep Mary's family in your thoughts and prayers. These are all the intimations. Holy, holy, holy is our wonderful God, creator, Saviour, Sustainer, let us worship our God of infinite mystery, yet who is closer to us than our own breath. Let's worship God in hymn 111. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Only thou art holy, there is none beside thee, perfect in power, in love and purity. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Hymn 111. <laughs>
And now let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, creator and father of us all, we praise and bless you as we come into your holy presence to worship you in our hymns, prayers, words and thoughts. Jesus Christ, son of God, son of man, redeemer of us all, we come this morning seeking to hear more of your words, seeking to learn how best to follow you and your teachings. Holy Spirit, comforter, sustainer, we come this morning seeking to be filled with your breath so that we may serve you better day by day. Father God, we gather in your name Brother Jesus, we follow your example. Holy Spirit, inspire all we do and say today, tomorrow and always. Great and powerful God, we come in sorrow for we fall short of what you ask of us. We fail to love others as you love us. We say words that should not have been spoken and keep silent when we should have spoken. At times we make mistakes. At times we choose the wrong way. And so we come to say sorry, to seek the forgiveness you promised through Jesus Christ, asking that your Holy Spirit would empower us to follow your way more closely. Blessed Trinity, have mercy on us. God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, have mercy on us. God the Son, saviour of the world, have mercy on us. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, now and forevermore, have mercy on us. Hear us now as we pray together using the words Jesus gave his disciples, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As most of you will know, the General Assembly met last week via Zoom. The 671 commissioners in the main met from their own homes using modern technology. And for those of you who were interested, it was possible to watch live and to keep up to date with what was happening. And each one of us, each member of this kirk, Owe a debt of gratitude to the moderator, the commissioners, and to all who made the assembly possible. Now, I didn't watch all of the assembly. I did see some of the debates. And as usual, difficult issues were discussed and debated with a great deal of grace. The assembly may have met differently, but there was still a huge volume of work covered. And I cannot begin to tell you everything that was decided. But let me begin by sharing some of the very Reverend Dr Martin Fair's words 
the outgoing moderator. Martin said, there is work for us to do. And he then went on to list the work that needs to be done. And I think if you've got time and the internet, it's worth having a look for just what Martin had to say. He went on to list the work that needs to be done before saying, the sooner we sort the structures, the sooner we get back to what really matters, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. To what really matters, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. So let me share with you some key points, some controversial, some difficult to hear, some good to hear. And let's be honest, we may not all hold the same opinions. For the Church of Scotland is a broad church, and it is a church that is always reforming. The church no longer holds investments in oil and gas companies. The Assembly agreed to the establishment of a new pioneer mission fund to support local church growth, with a particular emphasis on church planting and the establishment of new worshipping commun communities. Progress continues to be made to reduce the number of presbyteries. This presbytery, the Presbytery of Clyde, is one of these new, much larger presbyteries and others will come into being over the next few years. The church took another step towards allowing same-sex marriages to be carried out by its ministers and in its buildings. So the General Assembly voted to send draft legislation on the solemnisation of same-sex marriages, which was brought by the Church's Legal Questions Committee, so it be sent to presbyteries for consideration. The legislation will require ministers and deacons who wish to preside over same-sex weddings to apply for approval to do so, without compelling anyone who does not wish to do so. But this will be discussed and voted on in presbyteries before going back to the Assembly. The Chairman of the General Trustees once again urged the Church to get to grips with its oversupply of buildings. The Faith Nurture Forum report is probably in some ways the most stark report of the Assembly. And what happened there was a Presbytery Mission Plan Act was accepted and this Act envisages a cut in the number of charges to 600 with a vacancy allowance of 10%. Now, I think if we're honest, we would all know that there are not enough ministers to go around. And we also know, if we look at most of our ministers, that, dare I say it, we're getting a wee bit older. But for Clyde Presbytery, what does this mean for us in Clyde Presbytery? It means a cut in the number of ministries from just under 60 to 40. Presbyteries have to put plans in place to show how these allocated numbers can be reached. And the deadline for presbyteries to do this is the end of next year. The Assembly voted in favour of a motion, which means that vacant charges which have not yet got leave to call will not normally be granted leave until there is a presbytery plan agreed. And this will most likely include St George's. I know this is not what you expected. It's not what you wanted to hear. But let me repeat Martin Fair's words. There is work for us to do. And I believe that there is work for this congregation of St George's to do. Not if or when leave to call is given, 
But now, there is work for St George's to do now. Work for us to do in proclaiming the good news of the kingdom in words and in actions. So, as Presbytery sorts out the structures, let us, the people of St George's, get on. Get on with proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. As we think about proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, let's turn now to scripture, which we read for us this morning by Margaret Brown. Reading is Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 8, Isaiah's Commission. In the year that King Musa died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were servants, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and threshold shook and, shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the servants flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. And our second reading is John chapter 3, verses 1 to 18. Jesus teaches Nicodemus. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who comes from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born be as old, Nicodemus asked, Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised, I might say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked? You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, 
so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And may God add his blessing to this reading of his holy word. Amen. Thank you, Margaret. We worship God in the hymn 561, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Saviour am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Saviour all the day long. Hymn 561. Today is Trinity Sunday, when we often think especially about God as being three in one, Father, Son and Spirit, or Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer. Now, there are many, many different ways of trying to explain the concept of the Trinity, or if you like, many different ways of trying to contain the Trinity. When we think of the Trinity, sometimes we concentrate on the wrong words. We think we have to try to follow the word Trinity with lots of other words. Words that will help explain what that word means. 
but it never works too well because the words we use aren't big enough. So maybe it would be a better idea to use words in front of the word trinity rather than after. That might help us not so much to understand, but to bring the trinity to life a little bit more. So what about the word awesome, awesome trinity, or breathtaking trinity? Or perhaps the word mind-blowing helps, or even the word magnificent. We thought these were pretty good words. Some said we'd perhaps overused our thesauruses, but we need a thesaurus to help us with words like extravagant, phenomenal, inconceivable. When we thought about it, there were other words we might use, like intimidating, or frightening, or even shocking, because the Trinity is not always cosy, like Moses on the mountain, or Elijah in his cave, or Isaiah at his calling. But we could also think of other modern words like unreal, wicked, ace, because Trinity is well up to date. Look at creation, always evolving, or consider the church, always changing, or wonder about community, always finding new ways to engage. Think about what we've been doing over the past 15 months, the different ways that we have found to engage with one another, the different ways that we have found to be church during these days of restrictions due to COVID. After a while, we realised that the words we used before Trinity were often more important than the ones used after Trinity. They have more expectation, more questions, more colour, more wonder. So choose your own words. Be adventurous, be interesting, be unusual. Because if there's one thing that we've found out about the Trinity, it's not always what you expect. It's not all sewn up. And not all the words have been used yet to describe it. Argumentative, bizarre, amazing. How would you describe what no one yet has been able to? For God is indeed awesome. God is indeed beyond our understanding, beyond our explanations. And our awesome God calls us all, calls each one of us in different ways. This morning, Margaret read for us of the call of Isaiah, the time when God, God the Father, revealed himself to Isaiah, where the imagery used is, at its best, bizarre, strange to say the least. Flaming, six-winged creatures calling out to each other, holy, 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 the Lord Almighty is holy, his glory fills the world. The time when God said to Isaiah, whom shall I send? And Isaiah responded, I will go, send me. God is still saying today, whom shall I send? And people are still saying, I will go, send me. In the gospel today, we heard of Nicodemus coming in the depths of night under the cover of darkness to talk with Jesus, God the Son. Perhaps Nicodemus came under cover of darkness so that he would not be seen approaching this new revolutionary rabbi who was challenging the traditional teachings of the church, both with his words and his actions. Not the kind of man Nicodemus would want to be seen associating with, for Nicodemus was a Jewish leader. He was a Pharisee, 
and so very much concerned with keeping the Judaic law. He would be the kind of person, you know the kind, they want every I dotted and every T crossed. And it seems as if Nicodemus was used to cross-examining people to get to the truth, because this is what he did when he finally met Jesus. He questions and he questions. And it's clear from what Jesus says in response that for people to enter the kingdom of God requires a change. It requires a change. And this change is not something that human beings can do on their own. It's not something we can do by ourselves. It's something that God can do with us, with his Holy Spirit. And Jesus, well, Jesus likens the spirit to the wind, the wind which we cannot see, but whose effects we can see and feel. For we can see the trees bending in the wind when the wind is strong. We can see the leaves gently fluttering when the breeze is gentle. We can also see trees whose shapes have been changed permanently by the wind. God's spirit changes people. We cannot see his spirit. We cannot see the spirit. But we can see the changes that the spirit makes to people and to their lives. We can feel the changes that the Spirit makes to us. And as Nicodemus, well, as he finishes questioning Jesus, quietly fades out of this gospel passage. And we don't know what happens to him. At this point, we're not told whether Nicodemus is born again, or whether the meeting with Jesus or the words that Jesus used ever had any effect on him. But then, if we stop and think, and think ahead to the crucifixion of Jesus, there, at the end of John's Gospel, we read that Nicodemus was there. He was there. He was there along with Joseph of Arimathea, taking with him 30 kilograms of expensive spices, a mixture of myrrh and aloes, with which to anoint Jesus' body. To do this surely shows that Nicodemus had heeded Jesus' words to be born again. God's Holy Spirit had changed Nicodemus, for he no longer needed to hide under the cover of darkness. He appeared in broad daylight to carry out this deed. He appeared in broad daylight openly. Remember too that it was the high priests who sent Jesus to Pilate to be condemned to die. Remember, Nicodemus, as we said, was a devout Jew, a Pharisee, who held fast to the teachings of the law. And these teachings, well, they meant that he shouldn't have any contact with a dead body. And yet, and yet, here he is, helping to carry and to lay out the body of Jesus Christ. So Nicodemus has undoubtedly been changed in the time since we first met him. For he is now prepared to be seen in public as a follower of Jesus. He is prepared to be seen in public, seeking to lay Jesus' body to rest, to be seen breaking the law, the law which he, as a Pharisee, was bound to keep. Nicodemus, well, Nicodemus answered Jesus' call. He was born again. He was changed beyond belief. And today, today, Jesus still calls people. He still calls people to follow him, to be born again of the Spirit, 
so that we are able to enter into the kingdom of God. We are to remember, we are to remember that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that everyone who believes in him may not die, but have eternal life. Everyone who believes in him may not die, but have eternal life. What a wonderful promise. So today on Trinity Sunday, it's good to remember that after Jesus went back to heaven, God kept his promise to send the Holy Spirit, to send the Holy Spirit to earth, to sustain, to comfort, to challenge, to empower us, so that we might know God, so that we might know God, our Father, our Creator, God the Son, Jesus Christ, our Saviour and our Redeemer. God, the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, our empowerer. God, the Trinity, the life-changing, challenging Trinity, the same yesterday, today, forever. To Father, Son and Holy Spirit be all praise and glory, now and forevermore. Amen. When Martin Fair spoke at the assembly, he told us that there is work to be done. Our next hymn tells us of some of that work. It's hymn 616, and let me share many of the words from that. There's a spirit in the air telling Christians everywhere, praise the love that Christ revealed, living, working in our world. Lose your shyness, find your tongue. Tell the world what God has done. God in Christ has come to stay. Live tomorrow's life today. When believers break their bread, when a hungry child is fed, still the Spirit gives us light, seeing wrong and setting right. When a stranger's not alone, where the homeless find a home, May the Spirit fill our praise, guide our thoughts and change our ways. God in Christ has come to stay, live tomorrow's life today. There's a Spirit in the air, calling people everywhere. Praise the love that Christ revealed, living, working in our world. Hymn 616.
And now let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. We give thanks, O God, for all that you have given us. And we would ask that you would pour out your blessings on these, our offerings of money, time and talents, that they might be a source of blessing in our church, in our community and in our world. Through this act of sharing of some of our wealth and God-given gifts, may we counter fear with hope and transform scarcity through generosity. We offer this this prayer in the name of the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, you are like a loving family, separate but united, each one different but adding something to the whole. God, our Creator and Maker, you so love the world that you entrust us with its safekeeping to cultivate, nurture and tend the garden, to relax and enjoy the bounty of its produce, to push away at the boundaries of science and make our own contribution. As we seek to look after your created world, grant us wisdom and understanding that we may treat the world gently and nurture it for the sake of generations still to come. God, our Saviour and Redeemer, you so love the world that you bequeath us your ministry to spread the good news, to care as neighbours, to speak out against what is not right and herald the coming of your kingdom. As we seek as this congregation of St George's to move forward, proclaiming the good news of your kingdom. Grant us wisdom and mercy. God, the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, you so love the world that you fill us with your power to make a difference and bring about change, to draw others to a deeper knowledge of you and leave a better legacy for generations to come. In all of this, grant us wisdom and grace. Holy Trinity, you are like a loving family, separate but united. Each one different but adding something to the whole. It is to you we offer our life wherever we share a community with different people. In our families, may we celebrate your love and so we pray for families throughout the world, family members, young and old, families who are close together, families who are divided by distance, families who are divided by bickering or quarrels. Among our friends, may we celebrate your faithfulness. We thank you for the gift of friendship. And so we pray that we might nurture our friendship. And we give thanks for all the myriad of ways in which we have kept in touch over the past year or so. And we ask your blessings on our friendships as we begin to meet more in person. In our church, may we celebrate your holiness. And so we pray for members of our families and our friends who need your help just now. 
for those who are ill, those who are lonely, and those who are mourning the death of a loved one. At work and at play, may we celebrate your work and your rest. In our politics, may we celebrate your justice. And so we pray for politicians that they may govern wisely in our councils, in our parliaments, and in governments around the world. Because the world is given to all the human race, may we celebrate the life in all its varieties that you have given us. We pray for all for whom life is difficult, the lonely, the frail, the housebound, the unemployed, the sick and dying, and those who watch and wait, and the bereaved as they mourn. And hear us now in a moment of silence as we lay our personal prayers at your feet. Almighty God, creator, redeemer, sustainer, we thank you that your love is for all. Help us to recognise all that you have given to us and help us to share your love with others. We ask all this in your name, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, Holy Trinity of God. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is hymn 182, Now thank we all our God, with heart and hands, and we'll forget voices just now, but now thank we all our God, who wondrous things has done, in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love, and still is ours today. All praise and thanks to God, the Father, now be given the Son, and him who reigns with them in highest heaven, the one eternal God whom earth and heaven adore, for thus it was, is now, and shall be evermore. Hymn 182. <laughs>
Now I would ask if you're able, would you please stand for God's blessing? Let us go in the name of the Father who created and nurtured us. Let us go in the name of the Son, Jesus our Lord, who taught and teaches us. Let us go in the name of the Holy Spirit who inspires and burns within us. Let us go in the presence of the triune God and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Thank mm -hmm. you.